Bill Bender from the Sporting News joins us in less than 15 minutes as we'll talk all things college football with him. Don't forget, coming up today here on ESPN 102.5, the game, the New York Rangers in town to take on the Nashville Predators as the Predators wrap up a brief three-game homestand pregame coverage at noon. The puck drops shortly after 1 p.m. That'll be followed by Ole Miss and Auburn joined in progress. Over on 94.9 Game 2, MTSU at Charlotte with pregame at 1. 30 followed by the big one tonight in the world of soccer nashville sc indy 11 playoff action pregame gets underway at 6 45 so the first college football playoff rankings will come out i believe it's tuesday night marquise and the yes. committee will tell us what is on their mind and who their top four is let's take our best shot right here as to what we believe the committee will tell us on tuesday night now keep in mind Right now, the latest AP rankings, LSU 1, Alabama 2, Ohio State 3, Clemson 4, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, all with a bye this week. Clemson, the only team in action, and they will have a stiff test this week. They play Wofford, so they'll probably eke out a two-point win. I'm kidding. They're almost a 40-point favorite. We'll just assume (laughs) they do win. So what do you think the committee will tell us Tuesday night? Your best guess. How do you want me to unveil this, Nick? Because I actually I had I had to do ten teams, like and then just to kind of figure out where I wanted everybody. So do you want me to unveil it like they do on on the reveal, where I go ten to seven, and then I go one, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah, work your way up uh, in would it be ascending order? If I'm saying that yeah. correctly, yeah. All right, so my. Tenth would be Auburn. I, okay. I think Auburn's resume speaks for itself. They, you know, a win against Oregon, and you know they played well against LSU. You know, they lost that game to Florida, but that was a close loss as well. I'm going to go number nine, Oklahoma. And you know that's a tough loss last week for Oklahoma. I, I don't know if, uh, how how good that Texas game is going to be as far as a win is concerned, considering how their season has been so far. Then eight and seven, I'm going to go eight Utah, and I'm going to go seven Oregon. Now, and I do think they have an opportunity to kind of get up in that, you know, that top four, top five as well. So now I'm going to go one through six. I got LSU at one. I think Ohio State at two, Alabama three, Penn State at four, Clemson five, Georgia, Florida, whoever wins this game at six. So you're actually going to go Penn State. See, when I put out my my own last week after the games, I went LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Bama 3, Clemson 4, Penn State 5. But you think Penn State will be ahead of Clemson. Now, is that your personal opinion, or is that what you think the committee thinks? I think the committee – I said the committee. <laughs> I think the committee is looking at it as resume-based. And when you look at this resume based, based that Michigan win, you got a Michigan team that, yeah, they struggled this year. They lost to a Wisconsin team that lost two games this year. And then you also, you know, they beat Notre Dame, who's Notre Dame was a one loss team that had a close game against Georgia. So, it, you know, and Georgia's probably going to be a top 10 team. I consider that Michigan win a big win on the resume for Penn State. But keep in mind, the committee has told us many times, our goal and objective is very simple, to get the four best teams in college football. Do you think they're thinking Penn State's a better team than Clemson? Because as much as I like Penn State right now, and while Clemson is starting to click, 
Here's what see. Here's what thing I think is happening. People are holding that close win against North Carolina against Clemson. See, it's not. It's not even just that. It's just based on if if I'm one of the committee members. This is based off what I've seen, and and you can go either way with four or five with Clemson and Penn State. But you can't tell me that Penn State hasn't had a good season with a tougher resume. And I say that loosely because the Michigan game is that. Now, mind you, all that's going to change. Obviously, Penn State's got to play Ohio State. And this is not me saying that Clemson's not going to make the college football playoffs. Because guess what? When it's all said and done, when we do these rankings later on down the line, I think Clemson's going to end up boat race or getting past all these teams. I think they're going to end up being the one or two team in, in college football playoffs mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. Because right, right. I think they get a big win against you know Wake Forest, or Wake Forest teams that's pretty good this year. But as of right now, of what I've seen right now, I think by looking at this Penn State team and seeing how they've played and looking how this Clemson team has played, the eye test right now, I think Penn State is better on paper right now. Now, is, does that mean they're going to be a better team? Does that mean that Clemson can't beat any of these teams? I still think they can but, you know, and Penn State's going to have that opportunity to prove itself by playing Ohio State. But I just think that Michigan win is, I think, was what gets them to that four spot. It is, and, you know, that, that win being so tough to get, I, I think that that's the win that I, I kind of look at. Like, okay, you know, I think that's the win that kind of helps them out. It's the same thing for LSU. Like, yeah, we see that LSU is a good team. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that if LSU or Alabama loses to one another, that, you know, that kind of diminished Alabama or LSU season. It's just I also look at resumes as well. And and I think that's what the committee should start looking at cuz a lot of times they don't look at resumes. And and sometimes they do. And it, you know, I'm not getting on Alabama fans because obviously when they played Florida State that year, Florida State was a top 5 team and then they ended up beating mm-hmm. them and then, you know, ran through everybody else. But I I want them to take into account resumes as well because LSU has a good resume. You know, they beat Florida beat Auburn, and that Texas win is starting to kind of go away a little bit. You look at Ohio State, they get a big win against Wisconsin. You look at Alabama, their their resume hasn't you know showcased anything just yet, but there's a Duke team that they beat in the season opener that's pretty good this year. And then when you look at Penn State, they got that win against Michigan. Mm-hmm. So my only problem with Clemson and the only reason why I have them at five is I'm basing it off of a resume. Are they a good team? Are they a better team than Penn State? I think they are. I think they're a better team than Penn State. But I'm just looking at from a resume perspective. I think Penn State is just a slight, not even not even by a landslide, the number four team, but neck and neck with with Clemson. And I think that Michigan win gets them over the hump a little bit. I think the the top four right now in the AP is what we're going to see for the college football playoff because I I don't see Clemson losing a game. I think Clemson is so bored in such a bad conference that even on their off day, they'll still eke out wins against sub subpar inferior ACC teams. I think Ohio State's going to run the table. I don't think Jim Harbaugh's capable of beating them. And, and I look at Alabama LSU, the loser of that game, I still think has got a really good case to get into the college football playoff because whoever makes it to Atlanta from the West, I think, I think Alabama or LSU, that winner, will take apart Florida or Georgia. So then I look at it and I say, okay, one loss Pac-12 team, Oregon, Utah, no thanks, Oklahoma, one loss, Big 12 champion. Can't lose to Kansas State like that. 
Yeah, I mean, you got embarrassed as a massive favorite. I think when the dust settles, what we have right now, one to four in some order, is going to end up being the college football playoff. Yeah, because you got to think you have, you're going to have the SEC champion. You're going to have Ohio State. I'm just going to label them the champion. You're going to have Clemson. And then at that point, you're going to have to determine, you know, whether or not. And, and this is where, like I said, resumes will play a factor. And I, and I know they're going to they're, they're going to say the best teams in college football. But let, let me ask you this, because you're a Bama alum. I'm a Bama fan. If Bama loses to LSU, but they beat our, uh, they beat Auburn. In a grinded out game, let's they they don't bottom line they don't blow Auburn out. Where's Bama? Where does Bama have the case to say we belong in? We didn't win the West. We didn't make it to Atlanta. We didn't win the conference. We lost at home to LSU. What is our case? We just we're simply one of the foremost talented teams. That and I'm just trying to be as objective as possible. But I think if because Bama, Bama has flaws, yeah, because they they do. But I think if you're gonna Take into account, let, let's say, for example, Oregon ends up being a one-loss Pac-12 champion team, and their only loss is against Auburn. Alabama's you know, big win is against Auburn, obviously late in the season, different scenarios. But I think if you, if you were to put Alabama and Oregon neck and neck, resume-wise, obviously Oregon's going to have the better resume on, on schedule, but both teams are going to have one losses. So it's it, it's now going to go to the committee because last year, and, and they, they have this narrative of we picked the best four teams. That's not the case because if that was the case, Georgia would have been a four seed last yeah. year. I, I, so, I have always long believed that if, like, to your point with Georgia, if Notre Dame is undefeated, whether you believe personally Notre Dame's a top four team or not, the committee will never leave off 12-0 and Notre Dame. It doesn't matter if they think Notre Dame legitimately belongs there or if they're the seventh best team. Notre Dame will always make the college playoff if they're undefeated. But see, that's why I say if you're if you're going to take into account these are the best four teams we saw all college football, you also have to take account resumes as well. Because if you would have took into account resumes between Georgia and Notre Dame last year, Georgia, even with those losses, would have got in over Notre Dame, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I, I just think if – they they have this. We picked the best four teams. You know, we picked Georgia. I think last year, if you would have had another game against Alabama, I think Georgia walks away with that game against Alabama. I think George, that Georgia team last year could have competed with a Clemson last year. So I, I I would give it to I would give it to Georgia. So you know, it's they they say that let's pick the best four teams, but sometimes that's not the case. So if they pick resumes, those are the four teams I'm going with right now. Okay, coming up next, we'll talk all things college football with Bill Bender from the Sporting News, one of the best college football writers in the country. Bill joins us next on Saturday Tailgate. Week 10, Saturday Tailgate here on ESPN 102.5. The game, Nikhail Marquise Munson leading you right up until kickoff. We will get into the Vols in UAB, Vandy, South Carolina, Coming up next segment, Saturday selections also at nine four or excuse me, ten forty five this morning. But right now we welcome in one of the best college football writers in the country. Bill Bender from the Sporting News is with us. Bill, we appreciate a few on this Saturday. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Great to get you in again. So let me ask you this, and I'll phrase it this way. Your best guess as to what the committee will reveal. This upcoming Tuesday night for the top four college football playoff teams, your best crack, not what you think, but what you think the committee will do, would be what? They'll put LSU one. They may put Ohio State two. 
I think they'll put Alabama three. I guess the room for debate is how cute they get with Clemson um, and Penn State. Maybe they flip Penn State ahead of Clemson. I wouldn't do that personally, but, you know, they, they like to drum up the drama a little bit. But, I mean, if I were – the other side of it is if you're going to drum up all this um, hype for Alabama and LSU, there's no reason not to have them one and two because one of them will lose anyway. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you have almost the exact top four that I have, and that was really my biggest debate was that four and five. And the last segment, I actually put Penn State at four, and it's only because now I think down the line when it's all when the dust settles, Clemson is going to be either one or two between them and Ohio State because I think those two can pretty much win their cut their conference pretty easily. But I have Penn State over Clemson, and that's only because of the Michigan win. I think when you look at resume wins, I think that Michigan game was big for them, especially a Michigan team that beat a one-loss Notre Dame team that only lost to you know Georgia by a touchdown, and they end up you know beating them pretty comfortably. So I, I think that's why I had Penn State ahead. But there's really no right or wrong answer for four and five, right? Right. You know, I think. They'll figure it out. I would probably put Clemson ahead of Penn State. I get that Penn State has a better win. I just think, Marquise, that um, the Clemson is is not that good narrative is not hitting with me. I, I think they're fine. I think it's a product of playing in the ACC where the competition isn't great, but that's not that's not Clemson's fault. I, I think Clem, just because Trevor Lawrence throws a couple interceptions doesn't mean that program that they're in any trouble i think they're perfectly capable of competing with lsu alabama ohio state whoever bill bender from the sporting news joining us here on saturday tailgate so it's been 22 years since we've had a defensive player win the heisman trophy with charles woodson at michigan back in 97 i think right now chase young has a legit case i would still go joe burrow one probably two a tongue of a low a two but I've got no problem with Chase Young as high as number three. What do you think of that? And is there a legit chance that this guy could actually win the Heisman Trophy? When you said but, that's the reason he's not going to win it. Because <laughs> it's going to be the win- the winner of that. Assuming Tua plays, the winner of Alabama-LSU, as long as they play well, that guy's going to win the Heisman. Especially if Joe Burrow beats Alabama. There's no way he doesn't win the Heisman at that point. Uh, uh, but, you know, Chase Young, yeah, he's great. Um, I just think it's really hard for a defensive player to win it. We saw that with Nadamak and Sue. There are other quarterbacks out there. I mean, Jalen's probably not done. Um, you know, Ohio State's got three Heisman candidates on their team. That's the other problem is, to me, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins are probably not getting enough attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I want to go back because you mentioned the Alabama-LSU game and the importance of that game, not only for just the Heisman, but for – the college football playoff rankings in general. And I, and I kind of posed this question to Nick during the break of talking about how important that game is. I think the winner of that game is potentially going to win the SEC championship game, which gives them a bid for the college football playoffs. Now, you're going to leave out the one-loss team because I think you're either going to have to choose between a one-loss Alabama LSU team or an Oregon team that lost the season opener against Auburn. Obviously, it was a tough loss lost that in the last series of the game but if Oregon can win the Pac-12 I'm going to ask you do you choose a Pac-12 champion Oregon team that one that one has one loss but obviously that was a tough loss in the season opener against Auburn or a one loss SEC team whether that's 
Alabama, LSU, or even a Georgia, Florida? I think the score matters. Score matters in this game a lot because the one-loss team, yeah, they're definitely – I mean, as of now, I think both teams can get in very easily, actually, because LSU, what does Oklahoma have that they don't have? I mean, they both beat Texas. Uh, LSU's got a huge resume. If they lose close, they'll be in good shape. But if they get blown out, I mean, that gives the committee an excuse to take a Big 12 champion if it's Oklahoma with one loss. Or you mentioned Oregon. I mean, Oregon's probably that team that could really get in the way for some people if they went out because they've got a good resume. They uh, have played good football since the opener, and quite honestly, they probably should beat Auburn. I know it, sh- it should have doesn't get points with the committee, but all of those things are in play. So, and I'll, I mean, Penn State, Ohio State, the score matter too, because some people think both of them can get in. I'm, I'm personally not there. I, I just have a feeling that I, I don't think there's a scenario where two Big Ten teams from the same division can get in unless those two teams are Ohio State and Michigan. Bill, is Urban Meyer to USC basically a formality at this point? Uh, not yet. I mean, here's the deal, though. Like, if he wants it, yeah. I mean, because obviously USC sold on him. They, they, they want to be back in that limelight. I, I think it, it, a lot of it's going to come down as what does he want? What does his family want? Um, does his health allow for it? Is, is he motivated enough to get back into it? Because he could never co- coach another down of football and be considered one of the top ten coaches of all time. If he goes back, there's going to be a lot of I told you so's from people that, that recognize the same pattern from Florida. But I don't think USC cares about that at all. And if they lose to Oregon today, I'm going to be interested to see what the reaction is, if the, how, how much those rumors kick up, especially if them hiring another, a new athletic director with ties to Cincinnati where Urban would play his college ball. Oh, then I'll ask you this on the other side. If you're Clay Helton and you win this game, and obviously you go into this game on the hot seat, and then all of a sudden you're you're winning ball games and you beat a team like Oregon, who's you know probably even considered for a college football playoffs. And if you're Clay Helton, if you get that win, are you still getting fired at that point? I mean, yeah, they're they're in, in first in the Paxwell South, and that's something that gets lost on people. I think Clay Helton's done a nice job this year, considering. His quarterback was lost in the first game of the season towards ACL. And, you know, they've managed to get to this point. They have two three point losses on the road to Notre Dame and BYU. I mean, that, that's a good football team. So, I mean, this is the new, new question for the new AD is if Urban Meyer says no, there isn't a name out there to me that is better than Clay Helton that's going to, you know, be worth what you have to do when you fire a coach. Bill Bender, you can follow him on Twitter at BillBender92 and read all of his great college football material at the Sporting News. Bill, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Take you care. Got Enjoy it. the day. Yes, sir. Bill Bender joining us here on Saturday Tailgate. I think it's a formality. I mean, let's face it. Yane, the best part of all this is the Fox College Football pregame show. You've got Urban Meyer. You've got Reggie Bush. You've got Matt Leiner. It's essentially a Pac-12 USC pregame show. Pretty much. So you you got to know that this is all being set up. It's going to happen. And uh, kudos to you know our colleague Braden Gall from Morning Drive. I mean, the day he, Urban Meyer retired and stepped aside from Ohio State, he said, he's going to be at USC. It's going to happen. Yeah, and, and, and I kind of agree with him 100%, and which is funny because, you know, we mentioned Big Ten like analysts, and we don't know anybody that's on the Big Ten. Why don't they have Urban Meyer over there? 
I mean, he's a former Big Ten guy. Why Fox, do they got him all the way home? Because Fox pays more money. Exactly. That's why. Uh, that's probably why, too. But I think Big Ten Network's <laughs> owned by Fox, so. Yeah, but, but it's like, why didn't you have him on the Big Ten Network breaking down Big Ten games? Like, yeah. that's a big acquisition for you. Like, you want to get, if you're trying to build up this network, or the mm-hmm. Big Ten Network, why not have one of the biggest coaches who won a college football playoffs as one of your analysts? But instead, you let him go to L.A., go to Fox. Fox is a big, huge Pac-12, you know, component, and... Now all of a sudden you got him looping around with two former players, you know, one getting back into the nick of things with Reggie Bush finally being welcomed back in open arms at USC. And then when they need him, when they need to help him recruit a coach, you know, hey, Reggie Bush, welcome back. You want to come to one of our games? I know we banned you for a while and we kind of took that Heisman away from you. But, hey, if you get Urban Meyer here, we'll we'll, we'll retire your jersey and everything. So, mm-hmm. But it's just it's crazy how everything's worked out and – Man, and you gotta, like I said earlier in the show, you just gotta feel bad for Clay Helton, man, because I don't think, outside of Ed Odron, I don't think there's a coach that fought hard to keep his job as Clay Helton did this year for his team, for USC, especially with all the issues and injuries at quarterback, and your defense not is, is not where you had injuries on defense as well, and it's just been bad, but he's still keep going, and he's still winning games, so you, you got that comeback win against Colorado last week, so it's just sad to see that, man, he worked so hard to keep his job only for somebody else to just walk in and set the briefcase down and move all his stuff out of his office. Coming up next, we will get to the two local games today, Tennessee against UAB and Vanderbilt at South Carolina. That is next here on Saturday Tailgate. It is Saturday Tailgate, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick and Marquise with you, leading you right up until kickoff of all the early games today. Saturday selections come your way in about 12 minutes, but let's get to the games locally that we care about here. One of the dead, we kept these teams out of the SEC swing in the first hour to give them more time here. We'll start with Tennessee and UAB. The Vols about an 11 point favorite today. And my biggest question has been all week long. Look, you look at UAB, six and one team, Conference USA. You can't sleep on them, A, because they're a good team, and B, Tennessee should never sleep on anybody. But here's the thing. How do the Vols handle success? We know how they've handled adversity, but you beat South Carolina by three touchdowns. Monster win. You knock them off as an underdog. You won the game despite the referees doing their best efforts to give the game to South Carolina. How do you handle that? How do you build on that? How do you stack wins? That is, I always, I'm always intrigued by not how people respond in the face of adversity, but how do you respond when things are going well? And you're starting to smell yourself, and you think you you're you know what doesn't stink. How do you how do you, how do you handle that? No, absolutely. And what's funny about all this is, like in the beginning of the season, and obviously that first loss is just awful. Losing to Georgia State should never happen. It may be something that ends up biting them at the end of the season if they don't make a bowl game and they end up winning five games this year. But I was trying to tell people that look, college football is a long season. It's a very long season. You have teams, like we've seen with Wisconsin, how they went from being like, wow, this team can actually compete for the Big Ten Championship. Oh, my God, they just lost to Illinois and Lovey Smith. And, you know, the Black Santa is what I like to call them. But, you know, it's just you lose to a team like – but it's just – that's why this college football is such a long season to where you have games like that. Like, And obviously that's a, that's a game you don't want to lose to Georgia State. You don't want to lose to an – out of conference team, especially that's you know not a power five team, but you know, 
everybody was calling for Jeremy Pruitt's job, saying, you know, this is, you know, he should be fired. This is going to be the worst season in Tennessee football history, blah, blah, and all that. And now they're in position that if all he has to do is go 3-1 and one in these next games, and he's in a bowl game. And, and that's why I say you don't dictate someone's season based off of one game especially a one game that comes in the beginning of the season. Yeah, that was the worst loss in Tennessee football history. It's going to be the worst loss in his tenure at Tennessee, but it is a long season. And now we're talking about a completely different Tennessee football team. We're talking about a team that is only 3-1. and one. But, but, but think about what you said. You said all he has to do is go 3-1 and one down the stretch. You factor in the South Carolina win, that would be Jeremy Pruitt going 4-1 and one in their final five games. That's a lot easier said than done. It is. When you're the Tennessee Volunteers. Because I don't know that they're ca- – as much as I'm starting to – all right, you're, you're doing a nice job. Take care of UAB today. Kentucky's down. Missouri's not maybe not as good as we thought. You're due to beat Vanderbilt, you would think. Easier said than done. Yeah, because this is Tennessee football we're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, look, they put themselves in the best position they possibly can to – erase everything that happened, the Georgia State loss, the BYU loss, where they had both of those games won, and they just lost it in the second half of that game. And, you know, then I think their confidence started to build up a little bit in that Georgia game where they stayed close in that first half, and then obviously Georgia did Georgia things in the second half. Same thing for that Alabama game. You're, You're a fumble recovery for a touchdown away from you know, making that game one possession mm-hmm. and possibly sneaking away with that game in Tuscaloosa. This is not a look, this is a team that they put themselves in the best situation that they could possibly do considering what they did early on in the season. Now, this is gonna be the biggest test for Jeremy Pruitt as a head coach of making sure his team doesn't have that mentality that you're talking about of, you know, going into this thinking that yeah, you know, they 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 know that their postseason is on the line in this. They know that Jeremy Pruitt's job, quite frankly, can be on the job at this. And I think they come out swinging today. I think, you know, UAB is a good team. I've, I've watched UAB in the last couple of years. And, you know, Spencer Brown hasn't been good this year, but he is a dynamic running back. And, you know, he, he's a really good back. And I think they have a good offense. And, you know, this this is I think this is the best non-conference game that they have, even better than BYU and better than Georgia State. So, you know, it's going to be a tough win to try to get out, but I think they have the right mindset going into this game. You know, use that South Carolina game, use the Alabama game, and Georgia as examples of we can be a competitive team Mm -hmm. when we want to be, so we just got to want to be for the next four games. The Vanderbilt Commodores coming off of a bye, but their last time they, they were on the field was a monster upset win over Missouri. Vandy was a three-touchdown home underdog. They stunned Barry Odom, Kelly Bryant, and the Missouri Tigers. Today they go to South Carolina. South Carolina has lost two in a row. They lost to the Florida Gators. They lost to the Tennessee Volunteers. In comes Vanderbilt. South Carolina just over a two-touchdown favorite. Will Muschamp, look, I mean, this is a game you got to win if you want to get to a bowl game this year because South Carolina is 3-5. and five. Yeah, absolutely. And South Carolina have shown that they can play competitive football. It's kind of the the opposite of, you know, Tennessee or we talk about Tennessee loses games in the second half. Look, this this team has been competitive against Alabama. We saw that, you know, they beat Georgia. That was the biggest win of their season and it's going to be the biggest win of their season. But they've shown that they can be 
competitive and they can play competitive football. I think Ryan Holinsky's really good. I think their running game's good. They got weapons on the outside. They have some studs on defense. And look, this this Vandy team, man, they they got that win. I don't know if they're gonna use a lot of that emotion. They had a bye week, so they had a time to kind of re- regroup themselves after that win against Missouri and say, hey guys, look, that's one win. Congratulations, we got it. It's homecoming. Let's get that out the way. Let's get Moasan. He, he's brought some spark into that offense that they weren't getting from Riley Neal or from Deuce Wallace. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Hassan because protecting him is going to be the key today. You mentioned South Carolina's defense. That front four, it's not Auburn good, but it's pretty good. No, it's and pretty, yeah. Javon Kintlaw's a beast. Yeah, he is. That's a, That dude's a stud. And obviously, protecting him will be the key if he plays in this game and you know, he brought a lot of spark into this Vandy offense. And, you know, if he plays in this game, you get Keyshawn Vaughn going. You you get a couple passes to Pinckney, who's been quiet this season. You, you know, you get Lipscomb, who, who's had a, you know, not a consistent season as we saw from, you know, years past. But, you know, he's playing well. You know, I think you have an opportunity, if you're Vandy, to get two straight back-to-back wins. Now, this is going to be a tough one to get because I think – the South Carolina team seems like they're just they're they're not only going against the referees, but they're also going against other teams as well. And it just seems like, it, it, but they've been competitive all year, and they got so many studs on defense and on the offensive end. I think I think South Carolina goes away with this game. Earlier in the week on Morning Drive, we discussed the report about Jeff Fisher being on the the radar of Athletic Director Malcolm Turner. If Derek Mason wants to stave off that mild rumor heating up. Go into Columbia today and pull off another upset. Hey, look, if you beat Missouri at home, and I'm not even going to say they won the game at home because, let's face it, Vanderbilt doesn't have a home field advantage. They don't have people that even show up, so they might as well have played that game on the road to begin with. Not even during homecoming. Exactly. You beat Missouri, you're good enough, I think, to beat a South Carolina team. I know Columbia is a a tough place to play, and they they start playing, uh, not not enter Sandman, it's... um, the the Darude song um, from the, the the movie 2001 where they start going nuts and waving. I mean, South Carolina can be a very intimidating place to play at times. I mean, we saw in the first half in that Alabama game. It is a very intimidating game to play in. So, you know, look, you you win you win against Missouri, who is a ranked opponent, who went into that game with one loss going into the season against Wyoming, and then you come back, you win a tough game against South Carolina. I think it eases the pressure off of Derek Mason a little bit. But we don't know the psyche of Malcolm Turner. We don't know if he if he just wants to rebuild everything. We saw it with the basketball program. We don't know if he wants to do the same thing with the football program. But it also you have to take into account, are you going to get a football coach and give him the resources that you didn't give Derek Mason? Because at the end of the day, that's not fair for him that if you fire him and not give him any resources and hire a guy and then all of a sudden you're giving him all the resources in the world, that's not fair for him. So, you know... If he wins this game, you know, go into the offseason, get it into this mentality of we have to get Derek Mason some resources in order to build this program to what we think we want it to be, and then go from there. And then you can dictate, after you give him those resources, you can dictate how well Derek Mason can do at this coaching job at Vandy. Because, like he says, he's the man for the job. And give him the resources, see what he can do. And if he has another season like this next year, after all that, then you can make a decision after that. But other than that, then you just kind of stick with him right now. Saturday Selections coming up next here on Saturday Tailgate. 
Saturday tailgate rolling on live here on a Week 10 edition. Nick and Mark Kesey, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Rangers and Predators pregame coming up at 12 o'clock today. Also on 94.9 Game 2 at 1.30. Pregame coverage of MTSU and Charlotte. Tonight, 6.45, Nashville SC, Indy 11. Pregame coverage on 94.9 Game 2. Captain Kurt, let's get to the Saturday selections. On kickoff around the nation, time to make this week's picks against the spread. Let's go! You know what we gotta do. These are our Saturday selections. All right, Hollywood. Let's make a couple of picks against the spread in the world of college football. If you enjoy sports wagering, the next seven picks are right up your alleyway. We will begin with the early game today, and the early slate at eleven o'clock is not great, but there is one interesting game. Michigan at Maryland, the Wolverines, a 21-point favorite in College Park. Your thoughts, Michigan minus 21, Harbaugh against your boy, Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley. No, the more intriguing one is Josh Gaddis versus Mike Loxley. Remember that earlier in the season they had a little, little not a little, you know, issues, but they, you know, Kind of determining who was part of the Alabama system more, you know, mm-hmm. you know, J- Josh Gaddis saying I was a part of the game plan, and Michael Ox is like, oh, no, you weren't. Can I uh, say that they both equally don't impress me? Yeah, you can say that because okay. they don't either. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't for me either. So, okay. I mean, first season, first game of the season, I was, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll go Michigan in this one. I, I think Michigan coming off the momentum of that Notre Dame game. I know this game is on the road. You got a Maryland team that that can score points, but I don't think they score enough. I, I think they get points early. This Michigan defense is really good, so I'll, I'll go Michigan minus the, the twenty-one. I, okay. I like this one. I'll, I'll, I'll go money on this. One. I'll, I'll go head to head with you. I will take Maryland at home, getting mm. twenty-one points. I just don't like laying those kind of points with Jim Harbaugh because pace of play. Michigan yeah. plays a very slow game. If you're going to lay a lot of points, you better play at warp speed, get off a ton of snaps, run 85 plays in a game. Michigan does not do that. I'll take Maryland plus the 21, but Michigan will win going away comfortably. Number two, Notre Dame, a 17.5 point favorite at home today against Virginia Tech. I love the Hokies in this spot. Give me Virginia Tech plus 17.5. Notre Dame wins, but I'm going to say they win by 10 or 11 points. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take uh, Virginia Tech with the points as well, I think. And Ian Book will have a good game. He's not going to struggle like he did last week, but I'll go, I'll go Virginia Tech with the points because I do think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people expect. And and I, I know they usually bounce back well after losses, but it's not going to be a 17-point loss. I think the most that they'll probably win by is maybe 14, But so I'll go Virginia Tech okay. with Minus or plus the seventeen and a half. I like it. Number three on our Saturday selections: Kansas State, a six-point road favorite today at Kansas, coming off this great monumental upset of Oklahoma, and they have a rivalry game in-state opponent against Kansas in the Big Twelve. And who coaches the Kansas Jayhawks? The Mad Hatter, Les Miles. It's November. It's Les Miles. He's got his boys all fired up. We don't belong on the field with Kansas State. They just beat Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. Les Miles, master motivator. Give me Kansas. And I don't even need the points. Said it on morning drive yesterday. Kansas wins the game outright. I agree with you 100%. And, and 
kudos to you for hyping up Les Miles. He'll be chewing grass. He'll be going for onside kicks. He'll be going for it on fourth down. The hatter goes into his bag of tricks. I love it, man. I'm going to go look. This Kansas State this Kansas State team, I know they're coming off a big momentum win against Oklahoma, but this Kansas team hasn't looked bad. Like you remember that first half in that in that game against Oklahoma with Kansas and mm-hmm. and them and you know, they kept it pretty close in the, and obviously they lost late in that game, but is I don't know, man. It's just I I want to see a big win from Les Miles just for his psyche, man, because that, that's an awesome dude. I love watching Les. He's Miles just play. great for the sport. He is, man. He he's great for the sport. I love it. I think they win this game today, despite what the minus six and a half is. I think they win. Maybe a close game. Maybe by a maybe by a field goal. Maybe even by a touchdown. I'll go Kansas in this one. Okay, Utah minus three at Washington today. I would love to take the Huskies at home, getting a field goal, Jacob Eason. But I've been burned by Washington twice this year. I have taken the Huskies thinking both times they would cover or win against the spread or win the game outright, take care of business. They have yet to do it. I think Utah's legit. Give me Utah minus three. Yeah, I think Utah's defense. I think Zach Moss has a big game today. Let me, I'll take Utah in this game minus the three. I think they win by probably ten points or more. You know, this Washington team, it's, it's just crazy. This, hey, they're going to be five and four. This season, and especially this is a team that a lot of people expected to win the Pac-12. But I'm going to go Utah on this one. I think they know that their side is set on getting to that Pac-12 championship game. So I will go Utah on this one. Okay, Auburn is a 19.5 point favorite at home against Ole Miss today. The Rebels have been competitive the last couple of weeks. Auburn coming off of a loss against LSU. I think Auburn will win, but I don't think Auburn covers. Give me the Tigers by 17, which means Ole Miss plus 19.5 is a winner. Yeah, I'll go with Ole Miss plus the 19.5 as well. I just don't think Auburn has a lot on that offense to really be able to score. I I know they've proved it before on offense, but I I just don't think they'll, especially this is an Ole Miss team that's been playing well over the last couple weeks. I will go Ole Miss with the points. I think they'll be able to keep up with Auburn on the offensive end, but obviously the defense will make a few stops, make a few key stops, and Auburn will still get the win. Okay, quickly two to go. We've got Oregon minus four today in the Coliseum at USC. I think USC will play their best game of the year. They're fired up. They're ready to go. That said, Oregon too much. Give me the Ducks by a touchdown. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Ducks by a touchdown. They know that once again their sights are set at the college football playoffs. I'll go Oregon touchdown win. Sorry, Clay Hilton, Urban Meyer, reaching for your job. Okay, final one. Cocktail party time. Georgia a six point favorite against Florida in Jacksonville today. This is a neutral site game. Georgia minus six. The odds makers telling you. I think that number's high. The odds makers are saying Georgia by setting a line that high. I'm going against what the odds makers are trying to convince me to do. I'm taking Florida with the six. I think this is a three or four point game. Georgia wins 21 17. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go Georgia and I'm going to go Florida. Georgia winning the game, but I think Florida will cover. I think a late field go by Blankenship will win the game for Georgia. So. I will go Florida with the points, but I will go Georgia in the game. All right. Have a great rest of your Saturday. Enjoy the college football. We've got hockey today. We've got soccer. A great sports day here in Nashville. Enjoy it, and we'll be back next week.